Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overhaul. Ashton, what a week! What a Saturday! Was that the best Saturday of the year so far? For the absolutely no question about <laughs> it. That was from three thirty until almost midnight. I mean, just bangers, absolute bangers. The yeah, the noon window wasn't great. I mean, there was a few, a few games. Ohio State, Northwestern was kind of interesting, but you get into Georgia, Tennessee, yeah, Clemson, Notre Dame. LSU, Alabama, like there was, there was really, really good football games. Um, there's going to be some games that, that kind of are going to get there. They were actually good football games, but they're going to get totally iced over because no one watched a second of them <laughs> <laughs> because you couldn't take your eyes off of Alabama and LSU um, or yeah. Clemson, Notre Dame. You're just desperately trying to catch it all. Um, a great week for both of our teams. That's right. Let's jump right into it. So we had a number one versus number one matchup. Yeah. Georgia beat Tennessee 27 to 13. Really wasn't that close, if that's fair to say. Right. You're the you're the resident Georgia fan. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts? What what did you take away from this game? Georgia had 10 sacks all year leading into this game. <laughs> they had, I counted personally eight. Now they're only listed as six. When watching the game, like I was keeping track, somehow they came up with six. I had eight. Um, I know you could like when a when a guy's scrambling. Either way, it was a very impressive number. Hendon Hooker's a really good quarterback. I'm not trying to say that he's not a good quarterback. This was a different level of defense than anything he's played against. Um, yeah, they they weren't. Tennessee was out of rhythm. The fans, by the way, the the stadium was going bananas. Tennessee yes. Tennessee's whole offensive scheme um, was it, it yeah it was it was ineffective for large chunks of that game. That was the number number one offense in the country. They didn't score a touchdown until garbage time, like four minutes left in the game. So, yeah, hey, that Georgia's defense is legitimate. They've played two top five offenses in total offense with Tennessee mm-hmm. and Oregon. Combined total of 16 points. Combined total <laughs> of 16 points between those two offenses. So, yeah, Georgia's defense, they lost all those guys from last year, um, and they might be better. Like, they, yeah. or statistically, <laughs> statistically, statistically, they are better to this point. So yeah, that was it was incredible. The corners, uh, the secondary, it was it, it was all working for the defense. Guys were flying around. Um, yeah, it. I just I, I'll I'll stop here in a little bit, and my rant will be over. I I don't want to rant. I'm not going to rant. Tennessee fans were the most arrogant fans leading up to this game. I will say, and not just Tennessee fans. There was national media types that every single person picked Tennessee. Every one of them did. And like yeah, we. We apparently forgot, like some somehow it 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 um it left us so quickly that the most physical team generally wins, especially these big games. They do, and Georgia was absolutely going to be the most physical team out there. Um, yeah, they were able to run the ball, they were able to stop the run. Tennessee almost completely one dimensional, um, trying to throw the ball, and yeah, I, it was it was great. I I loved it all. It was it was a big time matchup, man. Like that's mm-hmm. what. The game, we have to enjoy these while we have them. This game isn't going to mean almost anything when we go to a 12-team playoff. But that Saturday, man, that that meant a lot um, mm-hmm. for, yeah, for a lot of people in, in both states. So, yeah, it's it feels really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, yeah, Stetson Bennett, he is, he is doubted so much. And 
that's I'm one of them, by the way. Like I'm not the biggest Stetson guy, but there is no doubt about it that in the biggest games, the dude absolutely plays. He outplayed Hen and Hooker in this game. There's no other way of um around it. He was he was dynamic, man. I yeah, I Georgia looking really, really good going forward. What what'd you take from it just from as a neutral observer? Yeah, all of that. I, I, I kind of took away from it. Oh, actually, when Georgia really wants to play well, they will. <laughs> um, Stetson hit some deep throws. He yeah. had some runs. He looked good. I mean, I know they won a national title with Stetson Bennett as their quarterback last year. I think 2022 Stetson Bennett, the 25-year-old version of Stetson Bennett, is like actually legitimately really good. I think he's yeah. really good. What else can you say about the rest of their team? I mean, they're just – they're the best team in the country. I don't think it's all that terribly close. Maybe Ohio State has an argument. Maybe Michigan might have a slight argument. But Georgia is yeah. the best team in the country. They, they looked so good. You, I mean, we were both shocked when the line came out at 8.5 in favor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And Luke Bryan was the only guy on college game day, the Georgia fan, to actually pick Georgia to win the game outright. Yes. Yes. I know. I and know. and it, it wasn't close. Georgia just boat raced him from the opening whistle. Clearly the superior team. And, and that's not even a knock on Tennessee. <laughs> like right. it's not that Tennessee is bad or anything like that. Georgia's just really freaking good. And, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry to go big picture right, right, right off the bat here, but like question for you, cause I have an answer to this question, but I want to hear your answer. Georgia or the field for the national title? Georgia or the field? I think one of the hardest things to do in sports is to repeat as James. No, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you if it's hard to repeat. Georgia okay. or the field, Ashton? It's very, very difficult to repeat. <laughs> I, I just – the field. I'm still on the field. I, okay. last, I mean, Saturday was wonderful. The field, though? The field. Yeah, I'm going to take the other three playoff teams um, and take my chances against Georgia. I is that smart? Maybe not. Is Georgia the betting favorite? Absolutely. They're going to be number one tomorrow night when the rankings come out. And they absolutely should be, by the way. They hammered. They hammered two really, really good football teams in Tennessee and Oregon. Those are good good football teams. And they beat them down, both of them. Mm-hmm. That, yes. Still the field, though, for me. I, I don't want to get blinders on. Don't get me wrong. I feel really, <laughs> really good about our chances after a game like that, especially considering the fact that Alabama goes down. We won't have to play Alabama probably. Like, it's probably going to be LSU. I feel way better about playing LSU than Bryce Young. I want no part of Bryce Young in Alabama anymore. So, yeah, I feel really I feel really good about it. Um, but still the field. I, I have to keep going back to that. The field, It's hard to repeat. It's hard to repeat, right? Sure. Well, I'm not a Georgia fan, so I can just go ahead and say I'm, I'm taking Georgia over the field to win the national title okay. this year. And, and it's a huge part. I mean, if you had asked you right after the game, I probably would have said no. I probably said the field. The fact that Alabama got their second loss the later on, That's yeah, yeah. I mean, who can beat Georgia? Ohio State on a great day can probably beat Georgia. Yeah, you you could argue Michigan, but I'd have a hard time buying it. And that's we I saw mean, that last year. Yeah, we saw that uh, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Michigan is basically Georgia with four stars instead of five stars. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who else has a prayer against Georgia? Maybe like on a neutral field, if Tennessee makes some adjustments, like. Maybe if everything goes right, they, they did miss a couple deep shots that they had been hitting all year. I think Ohio state 
Tennessee, like of the teams that realistically Georgia might end up playing from here on out. Yeah, it's it's maybe those two teams, and I'm taking Georgia against the field. Hinton Hooker <laughs> was pressured. I think he had 49 dropbacks. I think was the the full was the amount. Um, 49 dropbacks, pressured on 20 of them. 20 that he had pressure on. That's why, in my opinion, he was missing downfield. I don't think he was ever sure. comfortable. I don't think he was comfortable. I think he that, that I don't know if you watched, but like that early sack that was a safety. Jalen Carter strips him in the end zone. It's mm. just, that was a safety. I mean, you, you you won't be able to convince me that was not a safety. The refs just had a terrible job of explaining it. Well, after the call a five was minute review. Like I didn't understand any of it. Did you get that? I I think that if you want to make an argument that it was a incomplete pass, I would buy that. But the right. call in the field was a fumble. Yes. And recovered outside of the end zone, which very clearly is not what happened. Right. So right. It, no, I know. the fact that the play stood as called didn't make any sense. I don't know. It, it, it's I, kind I think, of what refs yeah. refs have been doing that a little bit recently. Like for one, they like to let the call stand, and and okay, I mean if it's not clear and obvious, the, for one, this was very. I mean, I don't think it got a whole lot more clear and obvious. He was clearly down before he fumbled again, but like they always want to just spot the ball at the one. Like when a guy's they, when Stetson scored his first touchdown, they were like, ah, you're out at the one. Like we don't <laughs> really know what happened, so like let's just ah, we think you're at the one. Like yeah, I don't know. Just make the right call there. The the officiating wasn't great in the game. I, I don't want to make this about officiating because it really didn't matter. I mean, yeah, the two points didn't matter, but they, they really did take two points off the board for my team. That I'm mean, a little salty <laughs> about that still. Other than that, yeah, no, I have no other complaints. Georgia was, they were terrific and in, in almost all facets. They could run the ball. They stopped the run. They threw the ball and they stopped the throw. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's pressure. The pressure up front was incredible. Like missing your, your best pass rusher, first round pass rusher, Nolan Smith goes down. He's out yeah, for the year. Right. And it didn't even matter. Like none of it freaking mattered because they came from everywhere. Like we had dudes all over the place getting sacks. So yeah, really good looking forward. I, I, I admire your boldness in saying that you take Georgia over the field. I I'd like to be that bold and confident. Um, I just there, there's a lot left yet. There's a lot left. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of games left to play. There's a lot of narrative out there still. Um, I would maybe be selling a little bit on Georgia right now. This is maybe that that felt like, yeah, Georgia played really well. It's hard to play that good again. I will say on the Tennessee side of things. I mean, obviously they lost. That's that's a big deal. After the evening with Bama and Clemson losing. I think they're right in line for the playoff. Like they're, <laughs> they got yeah. a great shot of making it. They, they lost in their percentage. The chances of making the playoff went up. I think their, <laughs> I think their actual odds to win the national championship actually went up on Saturday. Well, like that just, and it wasn't, I don't think it had a whole lot to do with their game as much as it did just everything else kind of falling into place for them. Right. Yeah. Alabama going down, Clemson going down. They could really get in. They could give. Tennessee, Ohio State is the matchup I have to have. Like, I yeah. need that in the playoff. I would love every second. That would be awesome. That would be very fun. Any any, any more thoughts on the Georgia-Tennessee matchup before we move on here? No. I Just to all the fans out there, to, yeah, all the media types. Eric Ainge, an old Tennessee quarterback, this Pat last week, like a week ago, he went and said that, that yeah, Georgia doesn't have much of a home field advantage. Um, the, the, yeah, they're, they're, he actually said that like their fans aren't very loud. Jordan Rogers, by the way, Aaron Rogers brother, sec network analyst 
said that Georgia doesn't have any receivers. They have no talent, no, no playmakers. He said, I mean, Brock Bowers included, I guess. Like I didn't understand that at all. Like, yeah, wrong. Like just couldn't have been more wrong. There was, there was an, an, an uh, uh, sorry, an anonymous coach from ESPN, ESPN quoted this guy. He said that Tennessee was going to hang half a hundred on him. He said, Georgia's corners can't run and they have no pass rush. Like, these are guys that are paid to do this, man. Paid to do it. You you couldn't have been more wrong. I'm waiting for apologies. Like, I really need apologies from those guys. Um, yeah, other than that, that's about it. It felt really good just to see all those guys be that wrong. Yeah, the crazy thing is we 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 were shocked by we, – we both were surprised at the line. Eight and a half points sure. felt like it was too much. Yeah. Vegas is good at their jobs. They clearly yes. knew something that the rest of the country could not figure out. Correct. Um, yeah, and we saw the best of Georgia. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about LSU and Alabama. Um, crazy. I'll give a little props to you right off the bat here. You kind of, kind of, you didn't necessarily predict it in the off season, but you kind of like, hey, watch out for this game. Like you can kind of put yeah. that out there. I did, and it happened, man. It went went to overtime. LSU goes for the two point conversion in the win, which I respect absolutely. That's what you should do against Alabama in that situation. That's no, what Auburn should have done no. last year, and they did not. Fair enough. LSU won this game against Alabama. It yeah. seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like there were a lot of chances for Alabama to kind of take control, and they just could never quite do it. They, they had many chances to put him away, where Alabama just needed a stop, especially there in the fourth quarter, where it's like Bryce Young goes, scores, it's like, oh, okay. Like, they're going to get an interception, or Will Anderson's going to come blow up a play, sack, strip, fumble, game over. So mm-hmm. it happened multiple times, and you're just waiting for it to happen. And and credit to LSU, they never – like, they they were competitive in that game. Like, they they were not scared of Alabama at all. They didn't, they didn't back down an inch, man. Like, they took the fight to Alabama. They were the more aggressive team. It showed later in the play calling, especially in, in overtime – and they took shots like they just kept punching and you get a chance in overtime with a really good quarterback that's playing well, especially like Brian Kelly said, the goal is to get number five out on the edge, like get him on the edge, roll him out, let him make a play. And, and he did that um, in both plays for, for LSU, both scores in overtime, the touchdown and the two point conversion. That's, that's really great. Yeah. Huge win for LSU. That, that was, there, there was so much, this game, this game, is probably going to go down as the bigger of the two games of the two SEC games. Right. The Alabama LSU game had, I mean, huge consequences. Like we're talking years down the road, we can still look back at this game and be like, Ooh, is that when things changed? Like, is that when Brian Kelly, like, is that when Nick Saban kind of started faltering? Like you, there's so many different, different ways you can go with it. Yeah. Alabama was not, it, it's not what you were used to seeing with Alabama you were used to seeing one of their guys like I've said like yeah Turner Anderson DJ Dale any any of the defensive linemen go make a play like that's what you were that's vintage Alabama that's what they do in the fourth quarter they win football games they don't lose these late games and yeah that that was what was it it was it was shocking to see Bryce Young is an unbelievable talent at quarterback Mm. but man he covers up a multitude of sins for that team because they are not very (laughs) They're not complete. They are not complete outside of Bryce Young. The the job that LSU has done on defense this year with Matt Allister, defensive coordinator, yeah, uh, clearly a great hire by Brian Kelly. It, their defense is legit. Um, yes. 
we 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 saw going into the season at least my opinion was that their secondary was pretty weak and and it has gotten exploited a few times tennessee ripped them apart but they're coming around i mean they harold perkins the freshman linebacker he's really good he's really good that they're just a they're really good they're they're i don't know if there's anything in particular that lsu is like best in the country at sure but they figured out a way to be good at everything and I mean, hats off to them. Hats off to Brian Kelly. I'll say it as the Notre Dame guy who's not a huge fan of Brian Kelly for obvious reasons. Right. Sure. Like, he has done an excellent job. You go back one year, and Brian Kelly's in the in the middle of his fifth consecutive season in, at Notre Dame winning 10-plus games in a good situation. And then he left. And the crazy thing is, I think Brian Kelly is better off and I think Notre Dame is better off <laughs> for what they needed. Wow. Brian yeah. Kelly at LSU, right after the game, you got a couple of crystal balls from, from five-star players. Yes. Like, and that was not a thing that he was – he was not getting five stars at Notre Dame. Right. He was not recruiting at the level that he is now at LSU. He's about to sign a class at LSU that's better than any class he ever signed at Notre Dame. Sure. Notre Dame is also about to sign a class better than any that they had, had under Brian Kelly. Yeah, Notre Dame, I think I feel based on everything that happened Saturday night, we'll talk more about Notre Dame later, like Notre Dame needed a a recruiter to get them over the hump. Brian Kelly needed a program that could recruit without him, (laughs) not not totally without him, but you know what I'm trying to say. He doesn't have to be the the number one guy recruiting wise, and they can still sign a great class. And he can be that steadying influence that LSU has sorely needed for a while. And mm-hmm. it's – you want to talk about fit? That was that was the talk all offseason right. was the fit yeah. of Brian Kelly at LSU. Bad fit. That's right. I think he might be a better fit at LSU than he was at Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I what, what I thought was interesting was you mentioned Harold Perkins, mm-hmm. but that whole, that whole defense – flew around like yeah. they fly around they're they're maybe like they're raw like Perkins sure. is a true freshman he made like there's mistakes sure but like that guy like they have they have confidence in their players Kelly Kelly and the players something has has clicked and bonded because those players fly around for him he they have there's no hesitation they just go and there's something to that like there's that that's really cool when you're playing a a name like Alabama where you're, you're scared of like you, you, some, I mean, a lot of teams lose to the helmets LSU teams in years past have simply lost because the Alabama helmets walked out on the other side of the field and they <laughs> lost to that. And, and this team, they, they trailed at times late in the game, they trailed in the fourth quarter and they just kept swinging. That was what was really cool to see. We, yeah, you talk about, you talk about Harold Perkins, you talk about like, he's young. I mean, freshman five-star BJ Ojolari played really well. I mean, guys that are getting sacks and pressures, Ali Gay, another, like they have good pass rushers. I, I'd say that LSU's pass rushers are, are up there with anyone's in the country. Yeah, no, I, I their receivers are really good. Like Keishon Boutte, yeah. like we, we, we learned that he can still play. Uh, neighbors, really good. Um, the Yeah, the freshman tight end, uh, was it Mason Taylor, who caught yeah. the late touchdown there in the two-point conversion as well. Um, yeah. I, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It seems to be a fit. <laughs> like this really <laughs> seems to work. Yeah, he 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 has won everyone over. No one is complaining about a bad accent, a bad Southern Cajun yeah. accent. Now, um, he beat Alabama in his first shot. 
Like mm-hmm. he, yeah, he gives himself, he can say whatever he wants right now. He can have whatever accent he chooses to have. Um, you beat Alabama, you become a very quick culture fit in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Hey, awesome. Awesome for LSU. Yeah. All the credit goes their way. Yeah. You almost can't overstate what that does for the program going Huge. forward. Yes. And let's talk about the Alabama side of things. Um, is this just as simple as like Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding are not very good coordinators? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm okay. Bryce Young's probably the best quarterback that has ever played on a Nick Saban team. Yeah. And he's going to leave without a national championship. Unless you, I mean, he was on the 2020 team, but I mean, that was Mac, Mac Jones team. Right. Bryce was, was the backup there clearly. But Bryce Young won a Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young is electric. He is absolutely yeah. electric. Like, yeah, in college football, that dude's about as good as it gets. Like, that dude's incredible. Mm-hmm. The the third down throw that he made, like the last touchdown for Alabama, take the lead there. It was just like like they had guys all over him. He's so small, but like shifty, keeping his eyes downfield all at the same time. The total package from Bryce Young, but they don't have much else. Like they don't have much else other than Jameer Gibbs, other than Jameer Gibbs, who's a transfer from Georgia Tech. He was yeah. a Georgia Tech transfer. Other than him, they don't have anyone to, they don't have any weapons. Like it's him and Cameron Law too. Like who else does Bryce Young? That's who he trusts to throw the ball to. I mean, clearly. I, no, it's 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 a little concerning from just an Alabama standpoint. You mentioned the coordinators. Yes, the coordinators are not very good. Yes, they are both probably going to be gone at the end of this year. Take out the probably. I think it's guaranteed. They're gone. Yes, they're gone. Sorry, they're gone. This is Alabama's first time losing two regular season games before the Iron Bowl since 2010. Yeah. 2010. We haven't had to call an Alabama team in for questioning like this since they lost the playoff in 2014 to Ohio State. Remember, like, that was the famous clip where, like, Joel Klatt and Colin Cowherd's like, it's over, it's over. And they're like, yeah, it is, it is. Like, they're going to win some games, but it's over. It, it could be over. Like, this could be – I don't I don't know, man. He's getting a little old. Does he want to – there's cracks in the foundation. Saban's getting a little older. How is he going – is he going to want to stick around and fix that? He can. He absolutely right. can. Like, my goodness, he – yeah, I'm not questioning that. But does he want to? Because clearly – the there the toughness left with Kirby Smart. The the toughness what you saw on Saturday, the Alabama defenses have not looked the same since Kirby left. That's yeah. that's the truth of the matter. And the offense has taken a step forward, but it the you're finding the offense is not enough to carry them anymore because that defense is not very good for Alabama right now. The offense was was good enough to carry them when they had all these stud receivers out there, but you're right. not seeing that right now. And, and they've recruited well at receiver, so it makes you wonder, like, is there a development problem? Is sure. there a scheme problem? What, what all is going on there? I do think, yeah, it's possible that it's over. It's possible it's over. I do think that if, if Saban nails these two coordinator hires in the offseason, he's bringing in the number one class in the country again. Yeah, of all time, this is the most talented <laughs> Alabama team that he's ever had, ever. Yeah. It's, he has all the talent in the world. And I heard someone today saying, like, well, Saban, he, he's not able to keep up with the recruiting. Like, the recruiting, this NIL stuff is making so that parity's coming and Saban can't recruit like this anymore. He's signing the number one class again. Like, he yeah. has the most talented team of all time. And the receivers that we talked about, like Ja'Cory Brooks, 
five-star. Like Jermaine Burton, the transfer from Georgia, five-star. JoJo Earl, Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, they have dudes. Like yeah. you know, They have dudes. The, the development and the toughness, the culture is it's it's not there. It's not what it used to be. We'll say that. They yeah. can rebound. They I'm they probably will. All he needs is like he's gonna come out and, and give you like two names. Like, I'm gonna hire this guy for offensive coordinator, this guy for defensive coordinator. Like, well, they'll probably win again next year. Like that, yeah, <laughs> like that could absolutely happen. It probably will. But there's doubt. For the first yes. time in a lot of years, there is doubt. You can say that. Yeah, we we thought it was just the easiest over on the season win total that you could imagine at 10 and a half in yeah, the off season I, we lo- well lost loss for us man vegas yeah. vegas always wins <laughs> yeah but wow yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of soul searching for them to do when it comes to some of the staff hires mm-hmm. and, and what what are they looking for um the talent will be there we'll sure. see what else is there going forward sure. okay so on the same night that Brian Kelly won the type of game he could never win at Notre Dame, <laughs> Notre Dame won the type of game that they could never win with Brian Kelly. Notre Dame beats Clemson, mm-hmm. and and the score was thirty-five to fourteen. Really wasn't that close. This game was twenty-eight to zero. It was thirty-five to seven. Clemson yeah. scored late to make it look a little closer. Yeah. Now, I, I do think it is fair. We we said Clemson was probably a little bit fraudulent at number four. <laughs> that feels like it was clear going looking backward. Sure. But still, <laughs> this is this is this was a little bit mind blowing to me. I did not expect this at all as a Notre Dame fan. This is this is Notre Dame's best win this century. And it's not yeah, wow. I don't think it's all, all that are like I don't know that you can argue with that all that much. Yeah, they beat number two. They they beat number one Clemson two years ago without mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence and Tyler mm-hmm. Davis and Skalski and all these guys, and that was mm-hmm. in double overtime. Yep. This Clemson team is not quite as good as that team, but they absolutely put them in a meat grinder and just destroy. Yeah. They did from the opening snap to the end. It was like physical domination on both lines of, of scrimmage. Yes. If I'd have told you going in, Notre Dame is going to pass for eighty-five yards. Eighty-five. Yeah, their their leading wide receiver will have 15 yards receiving. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's no way you expect. I mean, you probably expect a 35 to 14 score. Yeah, right. But yeah. flipped, and the fact yeah. that Notre Dame was able to run the ball at will when everybody in the stadium knew it was coming because right. everybody knew Notre Dame is not going to be able to pass the ball. There were six third downs where Notre Dame passed the ball. And they did not convert a single one of those six. They could not pass. <laughs> Drew Pine, God bless him. <laughs> he is not a good quarterback. He's not. No, he's he not. is not a good quarterback. And it didn't matter. They yeah. just absolutely pounded Clemson into submission. And Clemson has one of the best defensive lines in the country. And it didn't matter. This this was the Notre Dame offensive line performance that we were hoping to see against Ohio State. Right. Like just absolutely. Yeah. Bulldozing. You mentioned like the running attack. They outrushed, they outrushed Clemson 263 to 90. Like, which is Clemson has, you mentioned good defensive, just a good defensive line. They've always had a good defensive line. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they have good line play. That's kind of Clemson's calling card. They're at least not going to get pushed around up front. Like you wouldn't expect that. That was, that was kind of unexpected. No, it was, it was, it was shocking to watch. I think the interceptions, we, there was a block punt for a touchdown, a long pick yeah. six. 
and be to be able to do that and when every single person like Clemson absolutely knew that Drew Pine was not going to be throwing the ball like <laughs> like first and 10 you're running like you're handing the ball off every single time he might go to Michael Mayer like possibly but probably not like yeah that that was that was incredible that that was it does Notre Dame's more? longest completion was 17 yards yeah their, their longest run was 20 yards. Yeah. That was all about just, we're going to get five yards every single play and there's nothing you can do about it. Does it say more about Notre Dame or Clemson? Um, I think for this season specifically, it probably says more about Clemson. I do think it's a bigger statement for Notre Dame in the long run, as far as it, it was a statement to the recruits out there. They're, they're, Top recruit, five-star Peyton Bowen, the safety. He was at this game. He's been known to be waffling for a long time. He's got lots of friends committed to Oklahoma and Texas A&M. And for guys like that, this, I think, was that stake. Hey, listen, like when Marcus Freeman doesn't quite have all of this figured out yet, but when he gets it right, it's going to be really good. And when Notre Dame is at their best under Marcus Freeman, it's already better than anything they ever were in the last 12 years under Brian Kelly. And that's Mm. not a knock on Brian Kelly. It's saying that Marcus Freeman might have that extra gear. Yeah, he's still figuring things out. Yes, they lost to Marshall. They lost to Stanford, which is worse than the Marshall loss, by the way. But, (laughs) But they're on their way to figuring it out. And once they figure it out, it's going to be really freaking good. So for this season, it says more about Clemson. For the long run, I think it's a bigger statement for Notre Dame. Running for 5.6 yards yards per rush against Clemson is not for the faint of heart. Like that, yeah. that's not fluky either. Like that's that's quarters. That's four quarters of them. Okay, they're doing this, and we actually can't stop that. Like that's that's what that was. So yeah, no, that's. To, yeah, and to do it without explosive plays too, like that's not an overinflated stat. Like that's not right. them. Well, like we hit a couple two seventy five yarders, and then yeah, kind of went three and out a couple of times. Like no, they they were they were more efficient on third down. Like that that they were Clemson was not very good on third down. They had they were over one on fourth. Clemson man, like that's <laughs> Notre Dame's great and like good for you guys. That's awesome. Like that's a huge win for a first year coach to get momentum. Just recruiting the whole energy is that's awesome. But what about Clemson? Like yeah. Clemson has they have quarterback problems. That you mentioned Drew Pine not being very good. DJ's not very good either. The problem yeah. is they have to throw with him. Like yeah. he has gone back to full 2021 DJ. This is not this is not working out. Mm. And they're trying to go to Cade, try to come and just bail him out, like a, just a kind of a get out of jail free card. Dude, the offense isn't very good. Like the receivers, it's not, it's not good. Like what what do they do? I know he these are first year coordinators. You can't really let them go after one year, especially if they're your guys. Like Dabo went and hired in-house for both coordinator positions, and we kind of disagreed with him at the time. Yeah. We were like, sure. well, if if you're sure, if you're really sure these are your guys, like okay, but we'd rather you go get someone else. He didn't. He didn't listen. He stayed with those guys. They're gonna have to prop, they're probably not gonna get rid of him this year. Like Probably not. Unless Jeff Jeff Scott comes back, maybe. Maybe. Hey, fingers crossed. If you're Clemson, they have real issues. I think I think Clemson and Alabama. I think they're kind of in the same boat. They have issues. Clemson's not recruiting like Alabama is. 
Alabama can kind of cover things up so much quicker. Clemson is not so much. Like, yeah, I Venable's not there either. Like, like would this happen under a Venable's coach defense? Like, you 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 can't imagine that it would. Maybe, but like you just couldn't. This, this didn't happen. It didn't happen under a Venable's right. Clemson defense. It didn't. That just didn't happen. Where they where they were just physically beat. Seldom was that the case. So, yeah, I I. <laughs> You're left. You're left uh, searching for answers uh, after this because they're probably out of the playoff. Like I don't think Clemson gets in right now. Yeah, just just on the staff thought of things, I have to give. I'm, I'm give. So I got this thought from Bud Elliott. So I'm not saying this is an original thought from me, but okay. he he pointed out that really nobody on the offensive staff has much experience outside of Clemson's system. Uh-huh. You, you see some situations where teams will. They'll hire from within, but then they'll bring in position coaches from that have experience elsewhere that can bring other thoughts and new thoughts. Like, hey, maybe like over here when when I was here, we tried this in this situation and it worked. Clemson, it's all in house, man, and and like I don't know that anybody there like there's there's no new ideas because they've all just been there basically, and yeah, it they they just didn't have any answers. They. It looked very stagnant. They didn't run DJ really in the first half. They, they were throwing a lot of screen passes that Notre Dame was tackling well on. Right. When they finally threw the ball down the field in the second half, you had Benjamin Morris in the true freshman corner return it for 90, a 96-yard interception return for a touchdown. Yes. By the way, just as a side note, like I've been a Notre Dame fan for a very long time, and I think true freshman Benjamin Morrison might be the best cornerback I've ever seen at Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, which is saying something both about the way Notre Dame cornerbacks have historically played and also the way they've started recruiting just since Marcus Freeman took over as defensive coordinator. There you go. Um, yeah. For Clemson, like I know, I know it's only been a year, like at the end of this year, but I think you, <laughs> I think something has to change. I, I, no, I really does. think it has to change. And you, you mentioned Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott just got fired by USF. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you could bring him back, but again, you're still just kind of taking what Clemson has done for 10 years and trying to do that again. So, I think so, if I was a Clemson fan, I'd be hoping for an outside hire. Right. Like that's the thing, right? Like, so like you're trying to get some, like a little, maybe some, yeah, we were both critical, like, like yeah. at the time when he made these hires, both me and you were on, on here and we were like, we, it, it might be a good idea to go get someone else. If you're Clemson. You can, like you can, mm-hmm. you can get whoever you want. It might be a good idea. You, it felt like reaches. It felt like he was reaching um, for both of his coordinators, and he didn't have to. He he, he really didn't have to. So yeah, it's um, I, I I don't have a whole lot to say about them right now. Like that's tough. That's a tough look, and they could lose again. Clemson could absolutely lose again this year. Um, have to play maybe North Carolina in the championship game. I yeah, Clemson maybe not done losing this year yet. Yeah, there's a very real chance that they could lose again this year. Um, starting starting right away this week with Louisville. That's that's on the table now. Um, I do think that, yeah, just to the, the playoff talk, there's there's still an outside shot they can make it just because it sure. feels like we're a little thin at the top with who can actually get in. Yeah. That being said, that loss was really bad. And I they're hoping that all the committee members were only focused on Alabama LSU at that time and weren't paying attention. <laughs> That was a really bad loss. That's the type of loss that kept a one loss Ohio State out the year that they lost to Iowa and just got destroyed. That that was that type of loss. I think that might be the type of loss that 
can keep a, a one loss conference champ out of the playoff. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll say this if, right now, if you're choosing between Clemson and Tennessee, I think Tennessee is going to be the oh, choice yeah, for people. For sure. Like I, I, I don't think there's, even if Clemson wins a, an ACC championship, I still think that one loss Tennessee non non division champ gets in over them right now, just because of the wins, like the wins that, that, that they have stacked up. Clemson hasn't really beaten anyone and you got hammered by Notre Dame. Like it's not a, yeah, tough, tough for their, their, uh, the playoff hopes. Yeah. I don't think the Tennessee thing is all that close. Um, and an undefeated TCU would be over them as well. I think the question is like, will will a one loss PAC 12 champ be, be over a Clemson? And I think probably they would. You think like Oregon, maybe? Yeah, they they might. I know they also have a bad loss, but at least that was to Georgia. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, fair. No, the the I think something to OK, just a few years ago, it was Alabama Clemson. They will repeat as like they will always meet. They met all the time and everyone right. else was kind of like, ah, we're just done with it. They need four new coordinators between those two teams. They yeah. have to have four new coordinators. Like, what world are we even living in where Alabama and Clemson are not making good coordinator hires? It's, yeah, that's 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 what's really baffling to me more than anything else because the talent's still there for both of these teams. Like, Klubnik's a good ball player. Um, Alabama has dudes. Like, so does Clemson. They're fine, like, just on the player side. Yeah, coordinators. That that was that was very surprising to see teams not just lose but get out coached. That was surprising. And I, it's just a reminder, like when you're when you're judging a head coach, recruiting is right up there for what's important. Your coordinator hires are right there. Like th- that's yeah. so big. Even Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney, maybe the, like the two best coaches of of our lifetimes. I would say, yes. like right, that's right. A season can go wrong because you made some bad hires. That's just frankly how. <laughs> there's nothing else to say other than that. Like the hires you make are so important as a head coach. Yeah. If you need any, any confirmation for that, just check Ohio state for the last three years. They like, if they had a good defensive coordinator the last three years, they probably would have won at least one title somewhere in there. Right. Um, you had Justin Fields there. Like, yeah. Like CJ Stroud and yeah, just having one bad, one missing coordinator, one guy that's not clicking on the same page as everyone else can really derail a team season. Yeah, at Clemson this last offseason, it seemed like they they sort of made their hires as if they were still little old Clemson. And th- there's a certain point where you have to realize you're one of the big boys. Go make a big boy hire. And I think that's what they need yeah. to do this offseason. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. A lot of other games to talk about. Um, brief thoughts maybe on Ohio State Northwestern, 21-7, to much closer than anticipated. It was a bad weather game, wind, all of that good stuff any, any takeaways from this game for you man ohio state is still not very physical man <laughs> they're like, not <laughs> they got i watched this game probably more than i should have they got stoned up front on some third and shorts fourth and shorts completely stuffed this is ohio state they should be physically running over northwestern northwestern is not a good football team they're no, one and eight they suck. they're only their their first their only win was in week zero in ireland against Nebraska and Scott, Fr- Scott Frost, Nebraska. Northwestern's not very good. They didn't even really try to throw the ball that much. Like the, they had went wildcat for large che- sections of this game. And it was seven, seven at halftime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, <sighs> Ohio state 
they could get run over by Michigan. Like that's a real thing that could happen. happen. They're praying for good weather. Oh (laughs) yeah. They they don't want to get in a snowstorm like they did last year against Michigan again, because they could be in trouble, man. They could really be in trouble. I think Ohio state also struggling with a little bit, the same thing that Alabama is struggling with right now. And they got a little cute on offense. It's finesse. They're very finesse on offense. And you're seeing teams that are bigger, like just going to, I'm just going to come and impose my will. I'm just going to beat you up front. And you see those teams kind of shrink back from a little bit when another team's not scared of their helmets and just keep swinging. They're not scared. They're not intimidated by the name on the Jersey. They just keep swinging and taking shots. Yeah. Ohio state, they're probably going to be two. I would say they're still probably going to be two in the next ranking um, tomorrow night. I would, I mean, be surprised if they're not whatever. But, yeah, uh, you could put Michigan at two over Ohio State for me. I think Michigan's playing better of the two, and they didn't even look that good. Yeah, I, I think if Ohio State can get to the playoff, like I think if they can get there, they'll they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll do well be, once they make it. <laughs> yeah, they'll be the second-best team there, and they'll have yeah. a chance to beat Georgia. They'll okay. have a chance. Okay. The issue is can they get through the cold weather to get to – to the playoff because yeah. the playoff will be played in warmer <laughs> locations, neutral sites, all of in that a, in the, a dome or something. Yeah. The, the passing game will look great in sure in. Yeah. In a Southern location. Yeah. Like you said, they're hoping for three mile per hour winds and, yes. and no snow or rain or anything when they play Michigan, because if that's what they get, they're probably going to win relatively comfortably. If they don't get that, it oh. could be ugly. I, I don't think I, I think Michigan can beat them straight up right now. Could I be. think I, I think Michigan, you you have to look at teams that are just I'm gonna show up and play my style and you will play my style. Like I will make you play this way. George did that right. to Tennessee this week. I think Michigan can do it to Ohio State again. I hmm. yeah, I, I think Michigan is a matchup nightmare for Ohio State. That's not who Michigan is is that's absolutely not what Ohio State wants to run into. So yeah, this game might have exposed that a little bit. Um, yeah, Northwestern was just able to kind of just kind of keep gut punching for, and they eventually ran out of ran out of steam. I mean, Northwestern's not a good football team, but Ohio State got a garbage time touchdown. This was fourteen to seven in the fourth quarter. This was a close football game. Yeah, just looking ahead to Ohio State Michigan a little more. Like Ohio State is going to have to put Michigan in a situation where they have to pass the ball. If Michigan is able to run with Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be a, all the way down to the wire. JJ McCarthy, dual threat. Dual. They didn't have yeah. that last year. True. Dual threat. I like that. Yeah. All right. TCU beat Texas Tech thirty-four to twenty-four. Yet another game where TCU was trailing and found a way to come back and and finally put it away in the fourth quarter. TCU just figures out ways to win. They're kind of this year's team that like they're. They're going to be ranked number four in the country, I think, and they, they deserve it because they keep winning. They're not actually the fourth best team in the country, but they just keep finding ways to win, and there's lots of teams that would have liked to find a way to win on Saturday that did not. So props to TCU. Fair. There is something to, to be said just for winning. Like, I won yeah. last Saturday. Did you? No. Like, so don't talk to me about how you're a better football team. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. They're 9-0. and 9-0, and they're still probably – the sixth or seventh best team in the country. Like they're, they're not impressing me. <laughs> fair, fair enough. They, yeah. I, I think, I think Oregon beats them. I think UCLA would beat them. Um, USC could maybe even beat them. Ole Miss perhaps, but they won. Like there's something to be said for like, I won. Did you? And mm-hmm. Max Duggan, he only completed 12 passes. 
they were able to win against Texas Tech, who's scrappy at times. Texas Texas Tech team, um, they can fight. They beat Texas early on in the year. TCU has to play Texas next week, this right. next this upcoming Saturday at home. Texas Vegas is is has Texas as a seven point favorite. Yeah, right now that's at least the last that I saw. Yep, that's that's wild to me. That is wild <laughs> to me. Yeah, checking that out. Um, I, I don't know anything else to take. Is there anything that we're missing on, on TCU? There's kind of a, just a game where uh, we survived in a, in a, in a, in a, a week where a lot of teams didn't, we survived and moved on. Well, they had to play without the best receiver. And there's something to that where you, they took Texas tech's best shot. Let's not forget Texas tech did beat Texas this year. Like Texas tech is not terrible. They're not great. But they took a good shot from Texas Tech and found a way to win without without the, doing their main thing. Like, they, they won a different way. They kind of won ugly as opposed to putting up 48 points or whatever, which they've had to win ugly a few times this year, and they've managed to do it every time. If they beat Texas this week, I think then we will be able to say that they're a little bit more legitimate because that is a team that is supposed to beat them, according to Vegas. Any chance TCU goes undefeated because they have at Texas, at Baylor, home to Iowa State, and then you have to go to a Big 12 championship game playing someone again, possibly, I don't even want to speculate. Who knows who it's? It's the Big 12. It could be anybody. There's a chance they go 13 or no. There's also a chance they go 9 and 3. Like that, it's it's all out there. They're, they lose out. Yeah. Okay. If you tell me what's going to happen, like there's, I can't tell you you're wrong. There's, there's anything could happen. Anything could happen. It's the Big Twelve. Dave Aranda gets some the week after Texas, so TCU is going to be all in on this Texas game. Dave Aranda gets them the next week. Baylor, like I'm just go ahead and throwing that out now. I would be on Baylor. That would be the side I would be on right there. Very I like well Dave Aranda against that against that offense. All right, let's talk about another Texas team. Florida beat Texas A&M 41-24. to yeah. A&M was without a ton of players in this game. They're now 3-6. and six. <laughs> um, Yeah. That's not very good, Ashton. No, it's not. That's the longest losing streak, I think, since 1980. I saw that. <sighs> yeah. Five games. What are your takeaways from this game? Do you feel like you can learn a few things from this game for, for either team? Florida, okay, I'll, I'll go to the Florida side. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the winners. They put up 41 points in a win on the road in the SEC. Sure. That is really, that's good for Napier. That's good for Billy yes. Napier. That's good for confidence. It's good for recruiting, for all of those things. Who knows? You might go take a couple of five stars back with you from AM that one out now. <laughs> that's uh, true. That, could be, that could be how that works uh, for Florida. Um, they need them, Lord knows. But uh, yeah, really, really big win for Florida. AR played well. Still, they still have, they still, there's some questionable things still like on just as far as play calling, but the team fights, the team fights, the team scraps. Um, They have every opportunity just to quit. They didn't, they're five and four. A&M is three and six. Like, like that's the difference. Are you, it's not a successful year for Florida. They lost to their four biggest rivals. Like that hurts or three of their four biggest rivals. That really, that's a gut punch, but they kept like, like they're still fighting. They're still fighting. They're still going on the road and, and, and winning, putting up points. The defense is is kind of scrappy. Like they they did they had a shutout in the second half. Really good for Florida for A and M man on the A and M side. I don't even know where to go with it. Like what what are we outside of Devon A chain? 
they have nothing. They have zero things outside of <laughs> outside of that little running back who is incredible. That running back is so good. And yeah, good lord, like if if he could play on Georgia or like almost anywhere else, like imagine him with Oregon right hmm. now. Devon A. Chain on the in Oregon offense with Bo Nix, like they, yeah, it would be so great. But he's stuck under this just archaic style of offense that Jimbo just is insistent on running. And even when it does work in the first half, the other team adjusts, and then Jimbo does not adjust, and he, yeah, it's done out in the second half. I, I just, I, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I, it's frustrating because they have talented players. Evan Stewart, the receiver for AM, is a dude. Like mm-hmm. Muhammad for the, another receiver is a dude. I, the defense is actually pr- not bad. Like they're, they, they, they were missing almost everyone in this game. Like they they have talent. I just, they're not coached well. They're not coached well. Yeah. And it, it, you have to wonder like how much do the players care at this point, which is a really bad place to be. Like, especially when you have a coach that you cannot fire due to like being owed 17 oil wells or something still like you, you cannot fire him yet. The players seem, I don't want to say they've quit, but it sort of feels like they have. They just lost a five-star commitment, Anthony Hill, the, the five-star just linebacker. Looking, just looking at it. Yeah, number two overall next year. It's Linebacker, gone. It's not looking pretty. Uh, the, this offseason is so key for Texas A&M. If they can still, if they can still sign like a top seven class, and hold on to most of their good players. Like there's, there's, there's a chance. Like there's a chance that things could, the arrow could point back up, because they have young talent. And with young talent, hope springs eternal. Eternal. <laughs> that said, like there's also a chance this goes off the rails. Like there's, there's a non-zero chance twenty guys enter the portal, and they lose five commits, and it's just ugly. On the Florida side of things, we knew coming into the season Florida was not going to be very good. Their win total was at sure. seven. Yeah. It was an even seven, which was a difficult number. You were slightly under. I was slightly over. I don't know what their record is going to be. It's probably going to be around there. Yeah. But, like, this is a good win for them. Just just because you can say we're building something. That's what Billy Napier is doing. That we, We've known all year their depth is not great. The top-end yeah. talent is even not all that good. But they're building something from the ground up. And it feels like Napier, he's not doing it at warp speed, but he's at least building something. No doubt. No doubt. I, and, and kind of to go back to A&M, because for me, that's just the bigger story here. Sure. <laughs> Florida, Florida's, Florida's doing what, what they should be doing. Like you're Florida, you're not trash. You should be seven and five, eight and four would be great. I mean, you're probably not going to be eight and four, seven, seven, five, at least bowl eligible. A&M has to win out or they don't go bowling. They have right. to win out. They are a dog, a road dog at Auburn at Auburn this week, who doesn't have a coach right now, a dog to Auburn. That is shocking. Like, yeah, I don't have much to say other than that. I really do not. It's it absolutely could come apart. And the bright side is they only have to pay him. Is it $95 million guaranteed? (laughs) Every single penny is guaranteed for Jimbo. What an agent, like what an agent that Hmm. guy has. Um, He he can't go anywhere. Like there's not enough money. I know it's it's AM. I'm kind of being facetious here a little bit. They're not gonna let him go though. Like I just no. don't think you can. Not with that many guys that are young and in your program. He just signed the best recruiting class of all time or bought, whatever you want to, however you want to say it. Yeah. 
it's a rough look. This is five straight. It could go to six this week. It could be, they could be three and seven. They're definitely not going bowling. I, yeah, I don't have much to say here. He has to bring in a coordinator. Like where are all these wonderful play callers that we were talking about just two years ago? Like where are all the big 12 guys like Kendall Bryles. We talk about Kendall Bryles. Go pay Kendall Bryles whatever he wants. Get him out of Arkansas, bring him here, and give him the keys. Give him the keys, yeah. step away from the offense. You do that, this offense has the ability to be a top-five offense. They have the talent. The talent is there. Yeah. He's he's not doing it. He's not willing to do that. So, yeah, he needs to go get an offensive mind so badly. I, I just yeah. – yeah. You say it could come off the rails. I think it already is. Like, <laughs> I think it's already off the rails. So, yeah, we, we spent enough time on these games. Both of these teams are not very good. Let's move on to something else. Yeah, the, uh, one final thought. Like, it's it's okay. a little wild. <laughs> like, Tommy Reese would be an excellent hire for Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, he would be an improvement. Vast improvement. Just saying. All right, let's move on. Baylor beat Oklahoma 38-35. to 125 people saw it. It was on ESPN+. Plus. Any thoughts in this game or takeaways? No, no thoughts. You mentioned yeah. I was not one of the 125. I, I was watching any of the other really, really good games going on. Yeah, that were not on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> I don't have it. Uh, yeah. All right. Michigan State beat Illinois 23-15. to 15. Kind of a big, actually a have big to, upset here. Um, have Illinois, to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, we have to. Illinois was, they're still probably in line to win the division because Purdue lost to Iowa That's badly. Right. That's right. That said, like, it was their second loss. It did feel like, I don't know, like Michigan State's not very good, but this game wasn't all that terrible. I mean, it was a one-score game technically. Yeah. Michigan State was also kind of leading the whole way. Like, it wasn't all that close. Right, right. Yeah, an Illinois team that is built on running the ball, not built to come from behind. Like, right. once you get, yeah, Chase Brown, 33 carries, 136 yards. That's not great. It's okay, but, like, he didn't pop anything long. And, yeah. Sparty, by the way, after this was the week after the tunnel fight, all the guys suspended, all wow. the bad pub, and they come out and fight and just, yeah, punch Illinois in the face. <laughs> Not with a helmet, guys. Don't just chill on that. <laughs> just physically, it, like between the whistles. Um, yeah, and Mel Tucker had to have it. He really had to have it. That was something that was coming off the rails. You talk about coming off the rails as a program. It was coming off the rails, and he took a nice step in the right direction right there. That was a big win for Sparty. Right. Okay, Liberty beats Arkansas 21 to 19. They were up by 16 points, I believe. For it was yeah, it's 21 to 5. That's right. And Arkansas scored a touchdown, got the two-point conversion, ended up scoring another touchdown, needing a two-point conversion, and failed. This game, yeah, I, I think we both expected Arkansas was just like they weren't going to blow out Liberty, but they were at least clearly the superior team. And Hugh Freeze put out his job application right there. Just, yes, just yelling at Auburn, hey, come come hire me. <laughs> what are your takeaways from this game? Hugh Freeze was he was coaching for another job. Like that's yes. Hugh Freeze wants to get back in the SEC so badly. It's very yeah, very obvious to everyone. I mean, the game wasn't actually that close. I mean, you kind of alluded to it. I mean, it was 21-3 at halftime. Like Arkansas got a safety in the third quarter. Like they had a couple touchdowns late. And I mean, they did have a chance late in the game. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, Liberty overall came and took it to Arkansas, which is kind of surprising. Like, you really thought that KJ, Rocket Sanders, Green, like, they're going to be able to run the ball. Like, they're going to physically 
push around Liberty, and they didn't. They did not do that. So that was what was surprising to me, only scoring 19 points against a Liberty team that don't – I mean, they're okay, but, like, they do not have SEC depth in the trenches. They don't. And you should right. be able to push them around in the third and fourth quarter running the football. Like, you should have worn them out by then. And, they, um, yeah, Arkansas did not. So credit to Liberty. I, Hugh Freeze probably made himself quite a bit of money right there. I know he just signed an extension at Liberty. He wants to be back in the SEC. I, I'm not saying it's Auburn. I'm not saying it's Auburn. I'm just saying there's a lot of coaches, coaching spots available, and he's too good of a mind. He's too good of a mind to to be at Liberty right now. I think he, he needs a Power 5 job. Sure. Okay. Texas beat Kansas State 34-27. to 27. Felt like – it felt like a bigger win than that. Um, they felt like they were in control. I didn't watch a lot of this game, but I did tune in, tune in just enough that – it, it seemed like Texas was in control of this game for the most part. When they're good, they're pretty pretty freaking good. Kansas State is – is Kansas State Some, good or are they not? <laughs> we're not sure. They're all six and three. Kansas State's they, – they were ranked at 13, six and three. They're playing Baylor this week, also six and three unranked. Texas, also six and three. Like, yeah. it's the Big 12, man. It's the Big 12. This is exactly what we talked about. It's a – there's not much difference between the worst and the best. And anyone can beat anyone on any day. Quinn Ewers looked way better. Like we we saw him in the, in the Oklahoma State game. That was really, really rough. He looked much better. And turns out if you just give the ball to Bijan Robinson a whole bunch, like a whole, whole bunch. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> it really works out for your football team. Um, he's pretty good at the football stuff down there. So, yeah, great for great for Texas. Big win. Setting up a really good game this week. Kansas State, I'm not sure about Kansas State. Like, I I think they're good. I think they're good, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Adrian Martinez returned from injury this game. Decent numbers, 329, two touchdowns, but also had a pick. Texas, you mentioned Bijan Robinson, 30 carries, 209 yards, and a touchdown. That's what happens when you give him the ball most of the time. Yeah. So, well done by them. <laughs> All right, Mississippi State beat Auburn 39-33. to 33. Auburn's first game after Frank Brown firing Brian Harson and they actually fought like this game they were yeah. down kind of big and, and they came back That's right. thought they might actually upset Mississippi State I don't know there's a lot to talk about here do you have any thoughts on this game no I it was Cadillac Williams I'm sure you probably remember yes. him, the old um Auburn running back from like the 2004 team that went undefeated he was he's the interim coach for them both with Harson gone you mentioned they fought. They did. Like they were down. They were down big, especially. I think they were. Yeah, it was twenty-four to six at half. Came back, goes to overtime. You lose. So so be it. Mississippi State's a better football team, but Auburn Auburn showing fight. Like they they were better this week. They would have quit under Brian Harson. They didn't quit. Yeah, I I don't know who who Auburn will, will hire. You have like Cadillac Williams is a guy. He's he's a he's a legacy at Auburn. Like he has to be on that team awesome for him that yeah i wish they would have pulled out a win they didn't they it was a better football team whatever yeah i i, I wish the best for auburn going forward <laughs> please don't hire hugh freeze please don't do that like yeah make it make it like a good one please <laughs> yes they they're a team to keep an eye on going forward they're going to be a very interesting offseason team at the very least all right kind of in the texas a&m category we have florida state 45 miami three just an absolute demolishing here. We, we said going in, Florida State needs this badly. Worse than Miami does. That said, like, 
I know Miami. We we didn't say they need it necessarily, but th this is this this was bad. Miami. So they've <laughs> lost to they've lost to Middle Tennessee State. They got they got hammered by Duke, and hammered by Florida State. Like four and five right now. Don't really have much words. There, remember, remember Tyler Van Dyke. Remember when he was a Heisman? This was not that long ago, Vince. He was right. a Heisman contender beginning of this year. Yeah, this is not working. This is this is bad offense again. Mario Cristobal, kind of the same thing as Jimbo a little bit. Great recruiter, great recruiter. Game day adjustments. That's kind of always been his thing. Game day adjustments. He's not the guy. He's not your guy. Florida State's actually a good football team. I think we like Florida State beat LSU week one, um, you yeah. know, at, at a neutral site. It's kind of neutral. It's in New Orleans. But yeah, really good for Florida State. They're good. They have they have they have a big game non-conference, especially still against Florida coming up that you really want to win to feel good about your year. Like you need to beat them and beat Syracuse. But if you do that, you finish like you could have a nine and three season still that is on the table for you. Really like for, for a coaching staff that was facing a lot of criticism. They had a lot of bad publicity. Travis Hunter flipping and going to Jackson State. You needed results like this at Florida State. You needed a really good season. This is a huge win, um, and and a, and a big step in the right direction. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's bad. The last five games, my Miami has scored a total of eighty-two points. Um, they have the Broyles Award winner as their offensive coordinator from a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Michigan I should, got rid of him. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who Miami's offensive coordinator was last year? I don't. Brett Lashley, who is now the head coach at SMU. Yeah. On Saturday, <laughs> when Miami was scoring three points, SMU oh, scored man. 77 points against Houston. Didn't he have 10? Didn't their quarterback have like 10 touchdowns? <laughs> yeah. Was that a stat that I actually saw? I think it was nine passing and one rush rushing i believe okay yeah yeah so just saying miami probably has a hire to make this offseason as well throw them in the throw them on the list with all these other teams that need offensive coordinators so. why, why is it offensive coordinators like that's what is baffling to me why is it like the defensive no one really is complaining too much about the like florida would maybe like to have a new defensive coordinator whatever you're one you have a lot of experienced offensive dudes that are really struggling like it's not just clemson it's not just AM. It's not just, well, Notre Dame, sorry, no offense. But, like, there's a lot of guys out there that want a, a new mind on offense to come in and change things up. I just – that's curious to me. For sure. All right, one one last game we should just talk about a little bit. NC State beat Wake Forest 30-21. to 21. M, uh, Is it MJ Morris? Is that the true freshman quarterback for NC State that, that has come in and really played that's well right. the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I – Color me shocked. I figured Wake Forest would win this game. I figured NC State was done without Devin Leary. Turns out, even their offensive staff can't completely squash good quarterback talent. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I, that I was unnecessary. A, yeah, MJ Morris, he's a dual threat. I think he was committed to Georgia at one point. Like, this guy okay. was like a, a five-star at one point in his recruitment. I think he got hurt and kind of slid down the boards. Ends up at NC State. I think he probably just gets the play call and be like, now nah, we're not doing that. I'm just going to be a dual threat. I'll just go do my thing. Like, yeah, which, because there's, there's no, like if they could have done this with Devin Leary, like NC state would have been way better the last two years already. Like they've kind of give, yeah, he's, he's making plays. He's, he's running the ball too. 
Um, three, yeah, three touchdowns, no picks. He ran for almost 50 yards as well. So beating the Wake Forest team, Sam Hartman kind of sliding a little bit. Remember, it wasn't you know, all yeah. these quarterbacks. I think it's really fun. These quarterbacks that like even they'll have a great first four, three, four weeks of the season. And then they kind of slide and you don't really hear about like, just how, how is that? Like, how crazy is that? Is it because teams have film on them? Maybe. But I mean, Hartman, Hartman's a dude. Like he threw for almost, he threw almost 50 attempts. And yeah, was it, was it last week that he had all the pick sixes just in that one funky right. quarter where it, it's kind of, it's weird. Wake Forest is weird, man. Like both of these, both of these teams, they're kind of good. And they're kind of like, they're kind of not like, we're not really yeah. sure about these teams. <laughs> NC State is just – they've been one of the weirdest teams this year. Yeah. Their win total before the season was eight and a half. We both went over, and it felt like a pretty confident play by both of us. They they came out this year and just didn't look great. Like, they, they were winning for the most part, but they they lost to Clemson. They they yeah. lost to Syracuse pretty badly. But here they sit at seven and two, and they have a great shot to go over on the season win total. I don't know how. Well, It's still yeah, alive. I- I mean, they have to go at Louisville. Boston College is probably winning. Boston College is not very good. Yeah. But you have to probably either beat at Louisville or at North Carolina. And you're right. Ah, maybe. Yeah, you're right. They, they a better chance to go over than not, but we're still going to have to sweat that one out. I think we oh, both for sure. went over. Yeah. We both went over. Is that right? On the preseason? We did. We yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to. That'll be probably until the final week. We're going to have to sweat that one right. out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'll just run through some of the other scores that were notable. Um, Thursday night, Coastal Carolina beat App State 35-28. to Jamie Chadwell, somebody hire him. Friday night, yes. Washington beat Oregon State 24-21. to Kind of a sneaky big matchup in the Pac-12, or at least not necessarily for, for the Pac-12, but just two good teams going at it. Saturday, sure. Tulane beat Tulsa 27-13. to Tulane could be in the New Year's Six. Iowa beat Purdue 24-3 to somehow. Iowa apparently plays <laughs> offense now. Who knew? Somebody hire Brian Ferentz. Uh, North Please. Carolina beat Virginia 31 to 28. This one was really not that terribly close. Like North Carolina was up big and then Virginia scored late. Um, hurt us both for our locks. You you were, oh. you were, <laughs> yeah. I, I they, was feeling the same way knee. about it as you were. <laughs> they took a knee at the two yard line to end the game. It was like, the announcers were even talking about like, dear Lord, please. Yeah. There's some people here that need this. They were covering, they were covering most of the game. Uh, yeah, long touchdown. It's the, the cover drive, the good old cover drive from the Virginia offense, which was terrible all year long. They have a yeah. late cover drive in the fourth quarter. That one kind of hurt me. I'm not going to lie. That one stung because I was on the right side there. I was on yeah. the right side and I lost. And I haven't had one of those in a while. This was a bad beat for both of us. Yeah, I was right there with you just sweating it out. And I was like, come on, really? <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Minnesota beat Nebraska 20-13. to I believe Minnesota had zero points at halftime, found a way to turn it around. They're, they remain a weird team. Who knows what's going on with them. Wisconsin beat Maryland 23-10. to Wisconsin might be the best team in their division right now. It won't matter. They probably won't be able to win the division. Who knows? Still have the chance. Pitt beat Syracuse 19-9. to Syracuse continues their free fall. Iowa State beat West Virginia 31-14. to This was rough for the pod. West Virginia was our team. Looks like Neil Brown's yeah, good chance he's done after this year. Kansas beat Oklahoma State 37-16, to keeping it in the Big 12. Kansas is now bull eligible. Good for them. Rough look for Oklahoma State, losing by three touchdowns to Kansas. We mentioned SMU beating Houston 77-63. to I'll just go – I'll just say this. I was wrong. Before the season, I said Doug Belk was the next Marcus Freeman. He just gave up 77 points. So decidedly not the next Marcus Freeman. 
Michigan beat <laughs> Rutgers fifty-two to seventeen. Uh, it took them way too long to figure that figure out how to actually beat them. It was close for too long, but then when they finally turned flipped the switch, Michigan is really good at flipping the switch this year apparently. And when they did, it was it was ugly. UCLA beat Arizona State fifty to thirty-six, and USC beat forty-one uh, beat California forty-one to thirty-five. Recapping the locks real quick. Ashton, you went one and one. We mentioned the the tight loss by North Carolina there. Yeah, seventeen and fourteen on the year, pretty solid year for you. I once again had a horrendous week, one and five. <laughs> feel fine about it because Notre Dame won, and that was I had Clemson as a lock, so I, I feel good about that as a Notre Dame fan. Okay. Other than that, yeah, uh, Vegas is good at their jobs. I I felt like I made six picks that all made great sense. Had maybe a bad beat for North Carolina. The rest were just eh, just ended up being slightly wrong and. Vegas is with their jobs. And I'm 25, 39, and 2 on the year. So, Ooh, goodness. Yeah. All right, let's get into the next week. I will say this – so much happened this last weekend, and we, we've talked about it for over an hour, well over an hour. We might have to just kind of breeze through this coming week. It's not sure. quite as heavy. We'll, we'll know more about what happens this week. Okay, let me rephrase that. That was a dumb way to put it. These weeks where it seems like the, there's not as many huge games, like stuff happens. There will be sure. things to talk about after this week. There's maybe not a ton to talk about going into it. So I'll just kind of breeze through these. You stop me when you want to talk about a game. All Sounds right. Sounds good. East Carolina is at Cincinnati Friday night. Cincinnati, a five-point favorite. Sneaky big game, the AAC. Mm-hmm. Also Friday night, Colorado is at USC. USC somehow a 34-point favorite, which is a big line for the way they've been playing. But – Colorado sucks, so maybe it makes sense. They're god-awful. Yep. Saturday, Oklahoma is at West Virginia. Oklahoma and Oklahoma an eight-point favorite there. Purdue is at Illinois. Illinois a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Big for the division, even though it feels like Illinois pretty clearly has a leg up. Notre Dame plays Navy in Baltimore. Uh, Notre Dame a 17-point favorite. Interesting just to see how they – Bounce back after a huge emotional game against Clemson. And Spoiler alert, take Navy in this. Navy to cover the 17. Yeah, ball control, Navy, 17. That might be smart. Also, probably take the under. I don't know what the line is at, the total. 42. It's at 42. It's not very high. That's pretty low. <laughs> That's really low. Oh, man. Okay, maybe don't take the under, but at least think about it. Uh, LSU is at Arkansas. LSU a three-point favorite. We should talk about this one a little bit. This one's fun. This one's scary. This one's making my top five games to watch. LSU, LSU controls their own destiny in the playoffs. Yes. For, for the playoff chance right now. They went out. They went out. They're in the playoff because you would have beat Alabama and Georgia, and you would have won the SEC. I don't care if you have two losses, one to Tennessee and one to FSU. I don't care. They're getting in, but they have to beat Arkansas. They have to win this football game. Vegas doesn't think there's much difference between these two teams. They think this is a close game. I think this is must-watch. I think this is going to be really, really fun. That line is kind of stinky, huh? Yes. Yeah, you can smell that one a, a, a while away. I Yeah, two two running quarterbacks. It, I, I love that type of offense. This is going to be a good time. Sure. All right, UCF is at Tulane. Uh, Tulane, a two-point favorite. This game might be the game to determine who wins the AAC and also possibly goes to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah, it remain depending on what you're watching Saturday, you may or may not have time to watch this. I'm just putting a plug out there. This could be a pretty fun game. Any thoughts on this game, Ashton? 
not really. Like, I'm going to watch. You're right. Tulane, they could make. I mean, there's a lot of buzz about them making, like, a New Year's Six Bowl kind of as the top um, group of five team, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess. Like, it's home for them. Like, great. We thought – like, I like their quarterback. Like, like their quarterback is, is consistently playing uh, really well. Is it Pratt? That um, yeah. that all that yeah, he always just really pops off. I, I don't know, like like I I don't think they're they're not on the they're not on the same level. They're not they're they're not what Cincinnati was a year ago or even two years ago. Like they're not on that level as far of a, as far as a group of five team, um obviously. But yeah, sneaky good game. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I I really wanted to make it one of my five to watch. I ended up maybe having them at the sixth game to watch of the week. Okay. So. All right, Louisville is at Clemson. Clemson, a seven-point favorite, coming off the loss to Notre Dame. Louisville coming off a, a stretch where they've played really well. Um, what do you expect out of this game? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm genuinely not sure. James Madison's a, a pretty good football team. They beat yeah. them by three scores. Wake Forest, pretty good football team. Louisville beat them the week before um, by three scores. They've hammered people. Like they haven't played a close game since the one point loss to Boston College. What? Like, <laughs> like none of it made sense to me. So yeah, like I don't. You're you're scared of Louisville. Louisville six and three. Louisville's a pretty good football team. It's gonna. Be, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be very close. I'm just gonna leave that there. I, I don't think. Yeah, I seven points feels like a, a pretty good line. I'm I'm not going either side of it. All right, Wisconsin is at Iowa. Probably would have been a. Yeah, this this we would have thought this was probably a game for the division in the in the preseason. Wisconsin right. a one and a half point favorite. Iowa's playing a little bit better the last couple of weeks. We'll see. Uh, this might be the check it during commercials type of game, or you might want to just never look at this game because it could be very ugly. Guess the over under on this fence. Guess the over under oh, without man. looking. Guess uh, it. I just want to guess. Guess. Oh, Come on, dude. It can it be lower than forty? It's thirty five and a half. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Take the under. Take the under. Oh, do not watch this. I will it. not be watching. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. All right. Iowa State is at Oklahoma State. Uh, Iowa State a one-point favorite. Oklahoma State kind of in a free fall right now. Yeah. Uh, one-point favorite. That didn't make sense to me. On the road? What? Like, over, oh, like Oklahoma State still, they, they were ranked. I know they've had a, a bad stretch here. But Iowa State's four and five. They're, they're I mean, almost last in the Big 12. They're in they're a favorite. Like I yeah, road favorite didn't make sense. Yeah, maybe this is the game to check during commercials in the 330 window just because maybe there will actually be offense in this game, unlike Wisconsin, Iowa. Possibly. Okay, the big game of the 330 window is Alabama at Ole Miss. This is <laughs> this is a fun game. Um I don't know, is it more or less fun now that Alabama has lost two games? More fun for me. Yeah, more fun for me. Um, and more fun for the the casual viewer, Ole Miss, they, if they beat Alabama, all they need is a, a, a small slip up, and then they could also be a playoff team. Alabama losing opened the door for a couple of other teams to kind of slip in there. Kind of a sneaky, this is Ole Miss sneaky. Right now, eight and one, only lost to LSU, just kind of sitting in the weeds there. Ole Miss needs this game. But I'm not betting against Alabama off a loss. Are you kidding? That yeah. practice is not fun in Tuscaloosa this week. It is not fun. So yeah, I, I think I'd be taking Alabama, whatever the number is. I don't even care. Yeah, Alabama's favored by eleven and a half. I actually think that Ole Miss, and it it pains me to say this a little bit because I like Ole Miss. I, I was high on them in the preseason. I, I kind of think they're a little bit overrated. Like I think they're not quite as good as their record would indicate for an SEC West team. 
it's hard for me to say that just because yeah i'm i like ole miss i want them to be good i feel like maybe they're yeah they're not great is i guess what okay yeah okay all right nebraska is at michigan michigan a 29 point favorite any chance at all like that there's some kind of banana peel game here at all not really no no (laughs) no chance i don't think so either all right south carolina is at florida florida an eight point favorite Big game for both programs, not not nationally relevant by any means, but this is – both coaches, it, it feels like they need this type of game. This is not the type of game you want to lose if you're either one of these programs. Yeah, th- this is a game that when, when, you, when you look at the records at the, at the end of the season, these are the 50-50 games that you really, really need to go from 6-6 six and six to 8-4. Eight 8-4 and, four. Eight and f- four feels way different than 6-6. Than six and six. If you're 8-4, and four, you're just a couple of games away from being really good. But yeah. you're six and six. You're just a couple of games away from getting fired. So <laughs> yeah, um, really big for both of these coaches. Uh, tone setter. This is a tone setter in the southeast. These these little kind of under the radar games. Florida favored by eight and a half. Vegas does not want you getting Florida for free. I think Florida's the side here. I think Florida wins. I think Florida wins by a couple scores. Yeah, I think South Carolina might actually be bad. Okay. All right, Washington is at Oregon. Oregon a thirteen and a half point favorite. Big game for Oregon. They they control their destiny in the Pac-12, and I you could argue for the playoff. You could argue uh, that. Okay, okay. I I, like I think that I think that they'll need some help, but help always comes. Like there's still still a number of weeks left in this season. There will be attrition if Oregon wins out. I think they have a good chance of making the playoff. I won't say they control their own destiny. Destiny. I'll walk back that one a little bit. But okay. Yeah. It starts here. Like they have to take care of business against Washington, who's who's shown that they can be really good at times this year and also has wet the bed a few times. Bo Nix right now is a Heisman contender, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. There's no <laughs> even if he's really good. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's bad. That's not what I'm saying. It's just I'm not betting on Bo Nix. I don't do that. I've learned. So yeah. no, watch this game, entertainment purposes only. Keep your money off of it. Both of these quarterbacks can absolutely go and put up a lot of yards. Penix on one side, Nick's on the other. They don't throw many picks. They throw a lot of touchdowns. This this could be a shootout here. Sure. All right, George is at Mississippi State, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Any letdown as far as just keeping it – like, is there any chance Mississippi State keeps it close here? Or is Georgia just – like, they they flip the switch on the season now, and they're just going to sit on everybody. There, there, there is a chance – that possibility. There's a possibility. I will say I don't think the defense – I don't think that defense gives up many points, man. I think yeah. the, the defense travels. Defense really does travel. You get a little bit of pressure. Suddenly, Will Rogers does not look like the same quarterback anymore. I w- I think Georgia physically is the better football team. I think they win. I think it's maybe a little lower scoring, a little little ugly uh, yeah. for a while. But, yeah, I don't think Mississippi State puts up many points on that defense. Yeah. All right, Kansas is at Texas Tech. Texas Tech actually a four-point favorite here. It's on ESPN+, Plus, which is unfortunate because I feel like this would just be a fun – this would be a nice piece of candy. Like this is a, this is a fun <laughs> big 12 game that unfortunately nobody will watch. You know, who's favored here. You know, who's favored Texas tech by four points. Yeah. Does that, does that make Texas tech is four and five. Kansas is six and three. Make it make sense for me. Vince. make it make sense. I, I can't other than Vegas just knows. So yeah, they do. Probably they do. it would be smart to bet, bet on Texas tech. <laughs> Correct. Correct. All right, Kansas State is at Baylor, keeping the Big 12 here. Baylor, a three-point favorite against Kansas State. They've been playing a little better as of late. Not sure what Kansas State is. 
Do you have any leans here, or is this just no. one of those where you just stay away? Stay away. Yep, stay away. Again, Big 12, we don't know. A 6-3 and three team versus 6-3 and three team, you're not sure. This game could go. No outcome should surprise you. This could be a blowout either side, and you should not be surprised when you look at the, the final score. Absolutely. All right. North Carolina is at Wake Forest, a good matchup in the ACC. Pretty important for North Carolina, especially. Wake Forest season has kind of spiraled a little bit out of control. Not not to horror levels, but but not what they thought they could be. North right. Carolina still has, I mean, they got everything in front of them. If you want to play off, play off. There's like a non-zero chance that they could do it. I'm not it. saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I didn't say that. that. I did not say playoff. <laughs> But they could, they could, they could go to the playoffs. Only loss to Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, beat Miami. That all said. Virginia, yeah, they could. They really could. Wake Forest is favored in this game by three and a half points. (laughs) Tell me why. Because Vegas, again, knows. We're we're (laughs) dealing with almighty Vegas the side to be on is Wake Forest. Like, like you're foolish if you're pulling the, tra- the, the North Carolina does not have a great defense. We're okay nope. with saying that. We can say that liberally, right? Yep. Wake Forest has a pretty good offense. We're we're okay with saying that. At Perry's a good receiver. Hartman, yes. when he doesn't throw picks all the time, is a really good quarterback. First to 40, first to 40 wins, something like that. That's what the over that's what the total would have you believe. The the yeah. over under is 76 and a half. Yes. Which is right. just a crazy high number. And I feel like you sh- we should take the under on principle. That being said, I could very easily see it going over. <laughs> leave this one alone. Yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah. All right. Huge game of the evening on ABC. TCU is yes. at Texas. Like we mentioned, Texas is a touchdown favorite here. TCU is undefeated. They find a way to win, like all of that. Texas <laughs> looking good last week. Yeah. Favored by seven. Seven points. What are your thoughts? We'll get into locks here in a little bit, but I have movement on this game. I, okay. Yeah, I just will cover it in the locks for me. I, I that's, sure. that's all I'm confident with. I don't have much this week. Like I said, there's some weeks where I feel confident. This week, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to be very okay with saying I don't know. So I'm going to have very few locks, like one or two max. Two is max. I might just stay at one. So, yeah, I when we get into that, well, I'll cover this game. I'll just leave it, leave it for then. Sure. Okay. One final game we should just talk about just a tiny bit, or at least mention Florida State is at Syracuse. Florida State is six and a half point favorite. Syracuse kind of in a free fall. Florida State turning it like it, it's becoming a good season for them. Legitimately so. If if they we talked about beating Syracuse, you beat Syracuse, you beat Florida to end the year. It's a good year. Nine and three still on ta- on the table for Florida State. Nine and three. In that state, going into a year where, yeah, like coming into the year, you would have taken nine and three all day long. Florida oh, yeah. State is rolling right now. Good for them. Yeah, their win total in the season was seven and a half. We yes. both took the under, and we mostly did it because we just felt like the schedule was going to be too difficult. Right. Turns out they've said, well, screw that. We're better than our schedule. And yeah, they're looking good. Okay. Five games of the week. What are your five games to watch this week? So I, we already talked about the first one. Um, Arkansas LSU mm-hmm. has playoff implications. <laughs> like, have to watch it, man. Have to watch it. Plus, it's going to be – they play for the best trophy of all time. That little golden boot thing that they play oh, for yeah. is so cool. Like, yep. th- yeah, it's 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 so great. So Sneaky big rivalry, too. 
Yeah. It is. Yeah. They, like they don't really like each other that much. So yeah, fan, fan of that game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. Alabama Ole Miss is number two. Again, mm-hmm. playoff implications more for Ole Miss than Alabama. Shocker. Go tell someone that two months ago, they'd laugh you out of the room. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so that's number two for me. And then it starts to get kind of tricky. I think Washington, Oregon is going to be number three. I think that's a really good football game. Mm-hmm. TCU, Texas, really good football game. That's number four, just playoff implications. I think that's playoff implications. Going to wrap it up. I'm actually going to change last minute and go North Carolina, Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. I think those are two pretty good football teams. They don't play much defense. Neither one of them does. I think they're two pretty good football teams with good offenses. North Carolina still has a, like you said, non-zero chance at the playoff. Right. I I'm almost with you. I could very easily agree with you. I, I like to differ from you a little bit. So for my last one, I, I'm agreeing with you on the first four. Okay. For my last one, I'm going to throw in there Louisville at Clemson. I just feel okay. like that, yeah. that has a chance to yeah, – there, there could be some big picture talk after that game that could be – yeah, could be could be a very important game for the Clemson program, just saying. Auburn A&M is the best game of two, three, and six teams of yes. all time. Like yes. that is that is must-watch TV, and we're not putting it on there. Auburn favored by two. We didn't really cover it. Right. Must-watch TV just because the drama, man, the absolute drama. Yes. The wins might not be there, but the money is absolutely there for both of those schools. Um, yeah, may, may, yeah. who knows? Who knows? They're all looking for offense. Everyone's looking for offense between those two teams. Right. Okay, let's get to the locks. Ashton, you mentioned you don't have a ton of plays this week. I'm with you. I don't feel – I'll say this. So last week <laughs> I was I was quite confident in all of my picks. I was very wrong in most of them, but right. I, at least I was confident. This week I'm not sure I'm confident about anything. Okay. What about you? I, I have one that I actually feel good about, TCU okay. covering the seven. Ooh. They're they're – I'm I'm on that. I was on Texas last week. Winner, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all know that. Winner, Texas, for me last week. Fading them this week. I think they they played a really good game. I think it's hard to replicate. I think TCU keeps this thing moving at least one more week. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but I am saying that they're slightly better than Texas. They might even lose the. They, they could lose the game. They could lose the game and still cover for me. I think TCU wins outright. I think it'll be close. You can get into this game for as little as $4 in Austin, Texas, which is absolutely stunning to me. That does not make sense. Um, But yeah, TCU covering four or sorry, covering seven, a touchdown like that nice seven number. Um, That's where we'll, that's where we'll sit um, for the Horned Frogs. That makes complete sense to me. That, that is fight, lock fight. That feels like it absolutely should be the side the the vast majority this year like i would be agreeing with you because it just makes way too much sense but i've been following my head and vegas is killing me so this week i'm taking a few games that just don't make any sense to me so i'm gonna (laughs) fight you i'm gonna take texas minus seven i don't know why it just feels like this line should be i don't know a pick them or maybe texas by three doesn't make any sense that texas is favored by seven so i'm just gonna trust vegas and say sure Makes sense. I like Let's that. Uh, we, we've swapped roles. Like you're doing <laughs> what I have done all year long and I'm doing what you did like all year long. Like, so like this week, this is like a one week special. We're swapping. I just have a feel for me. It's just a feel thing. All right. Um, I've been kind of following. Yeah. I've been following more Vegas trying to keep my, my heart out of my picks um, all, all year. This for this week only I'm going back to with my heart. T- 
TCU, the Horned Frogs get it done. Let's go. All right. Do you have anything else? I don't. I don't. That's it for me. (laughs) Okay. I have a few others I'm going to throw out there. Um, I'm calling on you to agree on with me on at least one or fight me on at least one. Like you can, you only got one play out there, man. Come on. Listen to these. Tell me how correct or wrong I am. I got Colorado plus 34 and a half against USC. It's not any faith in Colorado. I just don't know if USC is capable of covering a spread this big right now. Their defense is not playing well. Just, I mean, just look at last week. They, they played late. No one watched it, but they, beat cal 41 to 35 cal is not good cal is similar to colorado just saying but they scored 35 points usc's defense is not good usc does not play any defense who could have seen that coming oh wait me and you when they hired alex grinch alex (laughs) grinch is their defensive coordinator um (laughs) yeah i fair enough i just think that colorado is going to score at least 14 points just because usc's defense is that bad and so that that line is too big for me. Nothing, nothing no, from you. No, okay, nothing, all right, nothing. Sorry, I'm taking Georgia Tech minus one and a half against Miami. What are we doing? This this we- is this is a combination of in my head. This line makes no sense, and also I'm just fading Miami. They have given <laughs> up. Like they they've quit. Can you tell me that they have not quit? Because they've quit, and Georgia Tech is actually trying. Uh, no, I can't tell you that. I, no, no, I can't. I can't tell you anything else other than that. I, I think that's correct. I'd be more likely to fight you than anything else simply Do because <laughs> I'm not going to. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not betting on between Georgia Tech and Miami. They're four and five teams. I'm not betting. Like both of these teams are just terrible. Like we can admit that they're both just not good. Yeah. I don't bet on teams that aren't good. Let's let's just I'm not into that right now. I agree with you. They're both bad. I think the one bad team is trying and the other team, okay. the other bad team has given up. So okay. that's, that's, that's all it comes down. And this it's one and a half. So it's basically a pick them. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking Georgia minus 16 and a half against Mississippi state. I know it's, I know it's extremely dangerous. I just feel like Mississippi state's not going to score. Like they're not going to put up anything against Georgia's defense. Georgia wins this game ugly. It's going to be like 24 to three or something. Tell me not I'm not betting on it. No, okay. not betting on it. No, just I'm going nowhere near that right now. Georgia coming off the biggest game of the year for them. Most sure. emotional game of the year. Now going on the road at night in Mississippi State. Kind of a sneaky place to play. No, I go nowhere near that. No, you're, you're correct. I think all your analysis is correct. I don't do that. No, I don't, we don't do that. Not talking me into that one. All right. Yeah, so I'm definitely following my head on a few of these and going against my head on a few of these, so. Is that is that is that four it's, for you? How many is that for you? That's uh one, two, three, four. Yes. I got a couple more I'm throwing out okay. there. Okay. I got Florida State minus seven against Syracuse. I just feel like Syracuse is broken. Clemson, Notre Dame, and now Pitt have all beaten them in consecutive weeks. Florida State's playing well. I, I wish I had a six and a half. I'll take the seven. I just feel like Florida State's clearly better. Feels like Syracuse is broken. Um so I guess I'm just fading Syracuse. No, I, I agree. I just, I think fading teams can be so difficult to do. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like I think <laughs> you would know about this, but it, it's hard. Like, it's hard to know because like sometimes they'll get down and then they'll, they'll lose a coach and then they almost kind of rebound. Like, like, like they hit their floor and then they kind of bounce back up again a little bit. Like we saw that. Um, yeah. A number of times last week, I, who was like Auburn kind of did that like a little bit. Right. And yeah, there's a number of teams that kind of like they bottom out in the crater and then they kind of pop back up again. 
Miami could do that easily this week against Georgia Tech. I'm I'm just I'm not going with it. I I apologize to those out there. I only do have the one lock. It's it's because I don't feel good about anything else. Like like some weeks you kind of feel good and like I'll, sometimes I'll only take two or three, even though like I'll have five or six that I I kind of like. I don't like any of these. Like I don't like any of them. So it's just I'm yeah I'm worried. We had a big time emotional week that I feel screwed up the values of a lot of teams. Like we're not yeah. sure what a lot of teams are because there was a really big bomb that went off in college football last week. And now it has us questioning everything. Like how good is Florida state? They, they, they beat LSU and, and they should roll Syracuse. Like, like you, you could easy get to that, you know, um, to that spot. So, but you're not sure because Syracuse is still kind of good. Like and they beat, well, they almost beat Clemson and should have beat Clemson, but the Clemson sucks now. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so much right now. So I'm just, I'm staying with the one lock. Um, I just want to give it a little bit more time to, for the dust to settle. Next week, I'll have at least two. Take my word on that. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll throw one little bone out there for no, you. No, okay. All right. So All right. one of the smartest things you can do is just to follow Vegas. I got one more game. It makes absolutely no sense. Makes no sense. Wake Forest is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against North Carolina. I'm okay. taking Wake Forest to cover. I don't know why. I just know that it, this line doesn't make sense, and I'm going to follow Vegas. All year, I would have picked North Carolina this game. Like, mm. all year, my strategy would have been, let's take North Carolina because it because they're probably better than Wake Forest. They've played better. I, I, I think I can see it. Like, North Carolina's defense is trash. Wake Forest puts up points. So I think I can kind of see why Vegas would think this. That said, like, this line should be flipped. So I'm, I'm going with it. I'm taking Wake Forest minus three and a half. Join me. You want to? No. I can tell. No, I, I really do. I really, I like the thought. I mean, that's that's that that was my line of thinking. Like you're, that was that was where I was at literally the whole time. You take lines that don't make sense, and then you bet the other side of them for some reason because Vegas knows what they don't want you to do. Kind of like like the Georgia line being wildly high. Vegas knew the whole time, man. Vegas knew they did yep. not. They yeah, they did not want you making money on Georgia there. That was way too easy. So yeah, no, I I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm just gonna say disciplined. This is disciplined Ashton. He's not gonna go and just just throw everything yeah. out there. We're trying to finish the year with a with a winning record, and we want to take bets that we feel good about. We're gonna go out on our own terms. Fair enough. Okay, well I tried. That's all I got. Any any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up? It's been a long one. There's been a lot to talk about this week. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean it, it was a long one because I mean we we literally had just bombs going off in college yeah. football. Like like there's so we, we could have talked for literally another hour easily. Oh, yeah, you want to get into offensive coordinator hires for for Bama and Clemson and yeah whoever else or defensive coordinator for USC. Like like there's so much to go into. Yeah, and all of that we have an off season. Or yeah, like we, we we have time. We have time. We'll save all these things for later. Who's going to be the Auburn coach? Is Deion Sanders coming to Auburn? Who knows? Um, either way, that's for later. Great. This is the last Saturday. Just reminded us all why this is the greatest sport on earth, man. This is just the, the yeah. just the best sport out there right now. You can watch NFL. I I watch NFL a little bit. The NFL is boring, man. Man, college football is so much more entertaining than NFL right now, especially this year. I agree. This is this is awesome. It's setting up for a really great last three weeks of the regular season, a good yeah conference championship, bowls, the whole thing. We get the playoff. So much could still happen. I mean, there's there's 12 different teams that could theoretically still win a championship that aren't eliminated already. It's this is great, man. I I love this sport. Last Saturday was awesome. Yes, it was. Okay. 
Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go follow us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Do all of that. Tell your friends. Have a great week, and God bless you all.